Welcome to Talking Health Tech. My name is Peter Birch, and this is a podcast of conversations with doctors, developers, and decision makers that are playing in the Australian health tech scene today. With me in the studio is Dr. Mariam Sadigi. She's the CEO and co-founder of MetaOptima, the creators of DermEngine, which is an intelligent dermatology software for imaging documentation and diagnosis of skin conditions, including skin cancer, powered by artificial intelligence. And the creators of Molescope, a digital dermatoscope that connects to a mobile phone to take high-quality, magnified images of skin lesions. Aside from being a remarkable innovator, inspirational leader, and super intelligent person, Mariam is also my boss. And she's visiting <laughs> Australia for the moment, and we've been really busy focusing on the growth of the business. Um, but I felt it was really important to have you in the studio and, and, and have this conversation. So thanks so much for taking the time. Thank you. And you've come the furthest um, than any one of our of our guests so far. The, the furthest that someone's come, I think, for to come on the show is Melbourne. And then I just keep paying them out about the weather. <laughs> um, you've come all the way from Vancouver. So um, that's, that's pretty amazing. Thanks for flying all the way over just to speak to me in the studio. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Sydney is, uh, you know, um, second home for me and... Uh, you know, I come here a lot, so yeah. That's true. Good. You're you're a you're you're an Australian that actually lives in Canada. <laughs> it feels like now. <laughs> Very soon, I should have my Australian citizenship. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, Mariam, t- tell tell us a bit more about yourself, your background, and and then we'll talk a bit more about um, MetaOptima and what we do. Um, so, by training, I'm computer scientist. My PhD was in uh, computing science, medical imaging, and uh, I was lucky actually to have a scholarship to be trained in dermatology. So, coming from the computer science background, working as a PhD student with um, dermatologists, dermato-oncologists, dermatopathologists, cancer specialists, um, I was surprised and I was shocked actually how archaic was the system. Hmm. And I could see a really good problem that we could solve with technology. So yeah, that um, now is like my you know life, work, passion, everything I do. So yeah, coming from computer science background and training in AI and uh, machine learning, and uh, I started a company with Majid, uh, you know, uh, my partner and my co-founder, and he's also trained and he has PhD in uh, computing science and machine learning as well. So yeah, we started as computer scientists are so excited to solve a big problem, skin cancer and dermatology. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so it's like, it's it's honed right into to, to, to your area of expertise as well. So I think that's, that's great to see that follow through. So you talked a little bit about that solving a big problem. Tell us a bit more about that problem that you um, uh, Yeah, imagine as a PhD uh, student, you walked to a clinic that is one of the best centers in the world and you see everything's on paper and there's like you know, a map on a paper for patient body and they put a dot and they ask the patient next year coming to the office, oh, has this been changing? Is it, you know, is the treatment that you are on this treatment for two years working? And I was like, but you see this patient every day and I see that you take photos and you look at it, you use that for diagnosis. But why you don't keep it? And why you ask the poor patient if they remember this has been changing or not? And mm. you saw actually you spend even that time for imaging. And I remember my patient supervisor told me, "Oh, Maria, forget about it. Who's gonna save this image? Who's gonna find it? Who's gonna compare?" And it's just we don't have time for it. And I was like, "But this is so simple. You have really good cameras on your phone, yeah. <laughs> right? There you could actually use for documentation, and it should be very efficient and very simple." This is going back to 2009, 2010. So um, back then, I just knew that. Um, specifically in dermatology and the problem that I was working on, um, skin cancer, uh, it's all about visual inspection. It's all about visual clues and pattern matching and um, learning by example um, what is cancer, what is not cancer. And 
I was sure that um, you know technology can help because my PhD work was pattern recognition and machine learning and image processing. Mm. Uh, and also on the other side, I saw that you know skin cancer is the most common cancer. One in um, five Americans, one in six Canadians, and two in three Australians mm. have skin cancer in their lifetime. It's a huge number. And just look at the number of patients, over 150 million patients worldwide. So I was like, okay, here's the huge problem. And uh, we can see a really good potential for the technology to help with evidence-based diagnoses and um, you know, helping with the historical data to decide for new cases. And so the, the whole um, big picture that you need to have for, uh, for a problem that you can solve with technology, I had the opportunity to learn as a computer science student and now, you know, um, computer science graduate in, in dermatology. And okay, there's a big problem. There's a lot of data we can use for offering uh, efficient solutions mm. for diagnostics and for therapeutics. We should know what is gonna work for my patient because we have so many thousands of those cases globally that we just don't know as a single doctor sitting in a single office. Mm. But if you look at the global scope of the pro uh, problem and the solutions working for patients globally, I can serve my patients much, much better having a collective knowledge of thousands of doctors mm -hmm. if it's accessible to me. And it was just for me, um, you know, no brainer. Yeah, yeah. So, so, so then lo looking at the, like, what we do today. So Derm Engine is, is, is a piece of software and we've got Moleskope, which is which is yep, the device. Yeah. So um I've I've seen a number of um softwares that have been developed, usually like a cloud based thing or or, or, e or even hardware and, and, and if it's come from a technologist, not from a doctor uh, th these things fail so quickly sometimes yeah. because because it's it's a technologist saying, well, why haven't you done this before? I this is so simple. <laughs> and yes. then and then and then they go uh, yeah. roll it out to doctors and say, what do you think? And people go, this is horrible, or, yeah. or like you just don't get it. And then yeah. and like you say, like don't, don't oh, even try. It's too hard, right? Yeah. yeah. So 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 how. How have you bucked that trend? Um, I think it's really important when you um, see a problem and find a solution for it, rather than you know invent something and then find a problem mm. for it. I've seen this a lot, mm. and also the fact that in my even in my PhD work, uh, I have a chapter about commercialized systems and computer aided diagnostics. We looked at everything all the way from um, PET scan, MRI, radiology, and um, you know mammography, and all the available solutions successful in computer aided diagnostics. So mm. basically, use of technology and AI in, in medicine. Um, so there's a lot that actually you can learn from others' experience. And I looked at all the technology, um, devices, software, everything available in dermatology in general and the commercialization, the failures and why it happened. Um, so I think it's really important you develop your solution with having in mind your end user from the beginning. The fact that we developed Derm Engine um, with our doctors, uh, mm. you know, ongoing feedback we get from them. Uh, very rewarding actually to see, um, you know, how they like the system, how they use the system, and they actually tell us exactly where it is working very, very well. Yes. And then we always navigate, and I think you should be open-minded uh, when it comes to uh, building a new product, innovative product in innovative market, which is really difficult because there's a lot to handle. And um, and I think our success really was, um, the key to our success was in focusing our user experience design and mm -hmm. making sure um, our doctors like the product and <laughs> they they like it so much that they present it all the time. And you know, yeah. we didn't have any marketing budget when we started and we still yeah. don't spend really on marketing anything. Um, but um, this was really um, important to be 
in the hands of doctors from the beginning. And yeah. the fact that we are working with the major centers of excellence, this mm. was my dream when I started to have them in five years, but it happened to be our first year customers. Yeah, they, yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. So this is talking about the fact that, you know, they are part of the uh, family, all of them, and uh, we have, you know, we have a global network and yeah. we get feedback all the time. And also um, accepting that you need to be Actually, I always ask the team to be more intelligent how we implement the solution, and we should be even smarter than our algorithms yeah, <laughs> when yeah, it yeah. comes to this because it's much more complicated. You have so many different uh, factors um, that play a role. Uh, yeah, um, in adoption. We, so, so, so on artificial intelligence. So, um, I feel like artificial in, in healthcare artificial intelligence is the is the new cloud so where where <laughs> maybe five board. yeah yeah well yeah the, and there's so many more right there's so many more buzz apart but yeah. the but but it's accessible now so and it can solve problems so so cloud when it came out uh, when, when cloud when it came out for like maybe five years ago it was um cloud-based systems well, well you know th this this can't be secure or, or what's going to happen with my data i guess people still ask that question now but the majority kind of feel was um yeah, you know, is this going to even solve a problem yeah. right um and and now i think we've moved on from that like at least in australia we're we're, we're we've a bit developed a bit further on there's still questions but it's 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 more more accessible now ai is kind of becoming more a bit not more not mainstream but but um accessible and seeing that it's actually going to be yeah. solving some problems but there's um, still, still questions like, is this going to take my job, or is yeah. this uh, like what happens if it fails, or all that kind of stuff? So, how are you seeing that? And what's great is you, you get a global perspective as well, so you get to see not just what's happening here in Australia, but but, but elsewhere. So, AI in healthcare, um, where are we on that kind of um, trajectory, and and what role does Medoptica play in that? Um, um, so AI is not actually anything new. We've had, you know, computer programs and we've used um, different algorithms, um, you know. I, I think even like I, I can remember commercialized PAX systems for anal analyzing their um, uh, radiology images mm. going back maybe 15, 20 years ago. So we had this concept. But um, the fact that it's more accepted now because now we have um, we have a digitized infrastructure that can provide the foundation for AI to play an, uh, to play a role. Imagine 10 years ago, when you walk to the hospital, the dermatology department, everything is manual, like everything is paper. Mm. How you can even talk about AI without yeah. digitization? Yeah. But just having connected devices, having you know dermoscopes on your phone now, you can just easily digitize it. You don't need to invest in a big machine that's going to sit in one room and mm. it's going to be limited. So I think access to digitization is the, um, you know, the foundation for yeah. uh, artificial intelligence to play a role and also um, now I'm talking in conference about the limitations of AI I used to talk about the power of AI yeah, <laughs> because yeah. I think for a long time we underestimated the technology the power of technology and the potential and now we are overestimating it or we are not understanding really what we can expect from technology being a computer scientist I can talk about the limitations forever like mm -hmm. um, it, you know first thing is having a comprehensive database for training, making sure you have the right data to train your, your system. For example, um, before the approach was, okay, I'm going to have a database of, I don't know, like maybe 500,000 images, 1 million images, and I collected from these like five doctors, and I'm going to sit down and train my algorithm to work. But that is not possible to work in real life clinical setting because that is going to be a biased database and you are going to be as good as your doctors who are providing that data. Uh, but actually when um, you're looking at in um, you're looking at this problem and you're really 
trying to find a solution, you should set the stage for the technology to be as good as what can be approved for clinical setting and what can be adopted. So we are, when we're talking about AI is, okay, uh, it is not gonna replace our doctors. I believe it is gonna be an intelligent assistant that is trained on millions of cases. It brings the collective knowledge of thousands of doctors for us to be good at what we do as a doctor. And the example I have is like, if, when I'm, uh, if I'm a doctor, if, if I'm in a clinic, I can ask my colleague, what do you think about this case? They will give me their opinion. And at the end, I know my patient. Mm. I will decide for my patient, yes. right? I will talk to my patient and it will be the decision that we make together. So um, that is, I think, how we should see AI and uh, uh, from the role that it's gonna play, uh, I believe, um, yes. for diagnostics and for therapeutics. And also on the other side, how we design and implement these tools. So the big, um, not mistake, but I think the limitations I've seen other groups or research centers, we, we see studies equal to clinical settings. No, it's not gonna be like that. Mm -hmm. A study is a biased setup um, that actually it's very limited. We have so many exclusion criteria. So then yes, we can have approval for that specific setting, but in the real life, example of our AI application, AI will see everything our doctors will see, our nurses will see, and like GPs and derms, and like in our space at least, like I'm talking about yeah. dermatology, you know, surgery, um, and um, dermatopathology. So AI should be trained on the ecosystem and on the outcome, not just based on a limited set of images labeled by a physician. Because yes. in that case, AI can be as good as that physician, yeah. which is not gonna be acceptable for a machine to play a role in clinical setting. Mm -hmm. And But if we know outcome, and if you know what happened to this patient, no matter what was the error for all the physicians in the process, in the patient journey, we all know we have false positives, we have false negatives, we know, you know, this is the reality and um, we are human experts and we can be as good as you know what we are trained on. Yeah. And at the end, we all know that we have, you know, misdiagnoses and late diagnoses. But at the end, if I'm training a machine to play an important role, the machine should have access to everything in the patient journey to understand what is the true outcome yes. and then I, ex I can expect the machine to play a role so that is our you know that is our yeah, 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 uh, yeah, philosophy yeah. and also how we design the ecosystem and the machine is learning all the way from patients from our nurses from our gps from our derms um, dermatopathology dermatosurgery dermato-oncology because i believe in the ecosystem mm -hmm. and i believe in the uh, vertical integration of ai in the ecosystem then i can trust that machine to be better than our uh, individual doctors in helping them to make those decisions. But at the end, I think um, this is what I've repeated from the beginning, and this is my view. Um, we will uh, help our doctors to be better at what they do. Yeah, yeah. We still need them, and we will need them forever. <laughs> it's, it's, it's fascinating, isn't yeah. it? Because there's, there's such a, it's su there's, um, we've got such intelligent people that, that work with us um, uh, within Metaroptima and all this work that's, that's going on in terms of uh, long term for the vision with artificial intelligence and, 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 and what you've spoken about. Um, but then we like the veneer of it or like the, the, the customer facing component for, for the doctors that use the, the platform Um it's such a simple platform to use and it makes it so like it's a, like, I think, <laughs> you make I mean, sure they like yeah, it yeah yes. yeah because if, it, if it's going to be remarkably complex then then it's not accessible on a day-to-day -day. Yeah. and and so so that's that that i think is half the challenge too it doesn't matter how 
um, intelligent, intelligent. Yes, you're right. yeah, yeah, user yeah. friendly, you're exactly. right. Yeah. Exactly. So um, I think the um, the focus and the implementation plan that we had, this is a long-term vision, as you said, you know, mm. I'm sure this is going to be a problem solved in five years. Yeah. I can tell even like in two, three years, honestly. <laughs> but um, when, but again, the main challenge for um, technology to be implemented in this setting, like when you talk about AI, is digitization. Yes. And our doctors are overworked. They have... Um, you know, we know how busy they are, we know, um, you know, with all the challenges they have in terms of, you know, building uh, sustainable practices and, uh, mm. you know, workflow efficiency and all those things matter. So we decided to focus on using AR to help them with their workflow first, mm. right? Rather than spending 40 minutes per patient to just do imaging and, you know, document this properly, yeah. why not make it three minutes? Why not yeah. make it five minutes? So this is the immediate application of AI and then over time of course then we have the um, you know the diagnostic solutions and helping with their um, diagnostic decisions that's gonna come on a digitized efficient platform that's adopted by millions of doctors yeah. this is this was really the division so um, yeah you're right our doctors like it because it's easy to use and it's uh, making their busy workflow better and yeah yes yeah. so. now on the face of it, um, creating something called Derm Engine, you'd, you'd think that the majority of customers for us would be dermatologists. But here in Australia in particular, it's mainly the general practitioners who are seeing patients for, for skin cancer. Is that right? Um, I think this is really defined by the demand. And if you have um, you know, access to a limited number of specialists, um, your care providers in the fl- front line have to be active and support the, you know, the need for the population, for the need patients who don't have access to a specialist. So, um, and I think also it comes to the higher level skin cancer in Australia. Mm. Um, so when you look at the country, the geography, the distribution of um, resources, mm. access to fair quality care uh, is really limited when it comes to remote areas and so many cities when we don't have access to specialists and also at the end like if just look at the ratio of population to the specialists very low only like 500 or so Mm -hmm. dermatologists in in the country with a high rate of skin cancer of course our GPs in the front line are you know supporting our patients and um, the main difference I've seen in Australia is really um, seeing that our dermatology community is stepping up to support them, which is yeah. really not the case in other countries, I can tell, because, um, you know, when you look at the uh, European model or in other, uh, you know, um, countries, uh, we have a higher number of dermatologists per uh, population. Mm-hmm. So, you know, um, that ratio is actually much higher and also the rate is lower. Yeah. So you can see, okay, there is um, the, the diagnosis and treatment of skin cancer is limited to the dermatologist and the um, primary care doctors are referring whoever needs to see a doctor to the dermatologist. Mm-hmm. Or in some countries, you can just go ahead and see a dermatologist. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I've seen actually in Europe, in most countries, it's like that. Not in the public health system. Usually there's a referral person in the public health system. No matter where you go, usually this is the case. But in Canada, in Australia, when we have a big country and uh, resources are limited in the highly populated areas, um, that's actually where you don't have a fair access to quality care. And that's where you need to really, really support your care providers in the front line mm. who are already dealing with this um, to be better at what they do and to support them from training and you know education and uh, access to technology. Yeah, yeah it's, it's amazing that technology can, can, can address such a problem. I think that's... That's the wonderful part. 
Look, Mariam, there is an obvious question that some people ask me as well, is that a company that's growing in Australia for a problem that's such a big problem in Australia, mm-hmm. but you're Canadian, so, so <laughs> how does that happen? Where's the reconciliation there? How did that all happen? Yeah, I think I'm a, I'm a global citizen and the company <laughs> is a global company. So, yeah, um, you know, started, so I'm uh, by background, like I'm Iranian-Canadian. So uh, I was born in Iran and also Majid, my co-founder, my partner. Um, my husband actually, we both come from, you know, that background. Um, and we went to the school in Canada. We started the business there. But from, from the beginning, organically, Australia happened to be our focused mm. country. And, uh, you know, we have our major investment from Australia. So yeah. the company is owned by... Yeah, yeah. It's a PCYLTD. <laughs> yeah, all, the, all the money's from Australia. All yeah, exactly. All customers are from Australia. Yeah, so we have the company registered in Australia. It's an Australian company made up in my PTY. And we have Australian investors. So ownership is also Australian as well and again i think it doesn't matter really where is the company from where is the company growing i think um we all agree that this is a global problem and fortunately the technology is at a stage that it can serve millions of patients no matter what where they're from and no matter what really um uh, where you are building the technology when it's accessible it's accessible so uh, we will be all proud one day looking back and seeing that you know what we contributed um, to revolutionizing how we uh, diagnose skin problems in dermatology and skin cancer, how we treat our patients, and how we are addressing a big, big problem that is touching so many millions of lives. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that is what really is uh, pushing us all to work hard and harder and harder every day. And, uh, yeah, I think yeah. it's really important to have that global vision when it comes to an accessible technology. Gives us good coverage on um, in terms of the time zones as well. Actually, now I think about it, but, or or it means we <laughs> don't get weekends. Seven. I'm not sure. Yeah. So, Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So look, lastly, um, uh, what, what's what's long term in in your mind um, for for Meta Optima and, and how this goes from here? Um, so from the beginning, the vision that we had was to build the uh, build a platform that is plug and play for so many partners to come and play their role in addressing this, this big problem. I don't think it's a job just for one company, one person, one founder, yeah. or you know, uh, to um, get really to the point. That's my vision. Really, one day technology is going to solve this big problem and it's going to change how we see the problem, how we um, you know diagnose things and how we treat when it comes to like chronic problems and also cancer and other serious matters. So um, uh, I think MedOptima and uh, DermaEngineer platform will continue to grow as a global platform. I think it's going to provide the base for so many others to come in and play and offer their solutions in the platform. I think the uh, the main, uh, one of the main contributions that their mention has is changing the infrastructure and digitizing it mm. and uh, creating a platform that really covers the patient journey all the way from home to primary care to a specialist to treatment centers. And um, that is where I think their mention will grow and one day so my vision is uh, in terms of product my vision is if i have a patient i should be able to find similar patients i should be able to find exactly what is my patient's problem what is going to work for my patient all the side effects and then my patient and i will decide is this the right solution 
right mm. treatment for my patient. I have uh, had, uh, unfortunately, um, so many of us uh, have had uh, personal history with cancer, and we know mm. how difficult it is, and how difficult it is just to be, uh, you know, in our patient's shoes. I've I've had my own experience recently, like two weeks ago, my best friend died from um, cancer, which was not, you know, an easy mm. thing, and everybody in the company knows what was the impact um, that this man had actually in my uh, in my life and how much I was, uh, you know, uh, yeah, anyway, so it was a really difficult time. Mm. But when we look back and see, okay, uh, if we had a technology in place that could say, oh, this is your case, we've had 2,000 patients similar to you, this is a treatment that worked for them, um, imagine that could change a life mm. for a patient that was only 32 years old and so many other people affected by that so that's my own personal goal not just diagnostics i'm hoping one day uh, we will be able to help our patients to get better treatments and hopefully the technology uh, will save so many millions of lives that's remarkably inspiring and, and super exciting from my perspective to be part of it and see it from the front line. So thank you, Mariam. And thank you, not, not just for giving me your job, but thank you for coming into the studio uh, in your home away from home. Thank you, Pete. This is, um, this is a true pleasure. And I think I'm really good at finding good people uh, who share the same vision with us. And again, um, I love Australia, you know, <laughs> and this is like second home for me. And we will probably one day move to Australia. I don't know. Yes, I'll hold you to it. There <laughs> yeah, so happy to be back again and again to to lovely Sydney. And I love Brisbane, Melbourne and Adelaide and all the cities I've been to. So, yeah, thank you. Thanks for listening to Talking Health Tech. My name is Peter Birch. Go do some stuff on our socials and website, share it with some people and give us a nice review and a five-star rating because it all helps to spread the word and get people talking. Until next time, I'm out of here.